0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Eric Nolting, publisher insideTexas.com. It's our weekly State of the Program episode, uh, and it is a wild and woolly one this week. Uh, the Longhorns have it going on uh, in the portal, trying to get players in from the portal, trying to stave off losing people to or l- losing players to the portal. Uh, some of them, they you know, it's just natural roster attrition but a couple of them they want to keep. And so uh, Eric Naline and I are here today to talk about that. Eric, first of all, please sum up, as everybody knows by now, O'Shawn Mathis, the defensive end out of uh, TCU via Maynard High School, chooses uh, uh, Nebraska over the weekend, uh, does not choose Texas as many anticipated. Uh, your s- summary thoughts, I guess. Yeah, well,
1: you know, w- what I care most about is where they go from here. You know, the the famous saying is you don't you don't get beat by the people you lose. You get beat by the people that you have that you don't develop. And so that's where they're at now. You know, they're going to have to figure out how to get a pass rush without Oshawn Mathis. And he was going to fill a, he was going to fill a really uh, immediate stopgap while they uh, were able to uh, develop those younger guys in the 2022 class. And so now that's not going to happen. They better figure something out. They're going to have to figure out a, a pass rush and probably probably implement more packages than they would have otherwise to try to get that pass rush at least situationally.
0: We, we talked, uh, Ian Boyd mentioned a three-three-five. You have as well. Um, in addition to that, uh, they, they are looking at other players in the portal. Uh, Inside Texas confirmed that Texas is involved with a, uh, the FCS Defensive Player of the Year. Tell us a little bit about him.
1: Yeah, he's an outside edge rusher. Uh, not necessarily the same type of player as, as Mathis. He's, he not, doesn't carry nearly as much weight. Won't, won't hold that at the point of attack uh, like O'Shawn would. Uh, but he can get after the, after the quarterback for sure. Uh, and, and you know they'll, they'll make a run at him I'm I'm a little uh you know I, I, I don't I don't have high expectations of that one he's in the part of the world that I don't think they're that familiar with he's right across town from Florida State you got all those uh, all those sharks in the water out there uh but they'll make an effort at him and uh, you know I'm, you're gonna start hearing the same same schools probably every time with with a lot of these higher end guys you know I expect Miami to be involved and uh maybe Oregon you know so yeah, we'll see
0: yeah uh, bottom line for Texas, they got it. Baron Sorrel and Justice Finkley have to step up uh, and improve over the summer. They showed some signs uh, this year, uh, but probably we're still a year away, at least from really being the guys at that position. Uh, the Longhorns are looking in the portal, uh, not only there, but for other positions as well. And that's what I want to talk about next uh, is really uh, well, actually, I w- what I want to talk about next, Eric, is the uh, situation we have right now. Uh, we reported on Sunday morning that Texas uh, almost had a a uh, almost lost a player to the portal on Sunday on Saturday. That was a big time player for the Longhorns, uh, but ended up uh, deciding to stay at Texas, uh, not go into the portal after all. Well, we have another situation that we're monitoring closely this morning and this afternoon. Uh, it could be by the time we get this video posted, it could be. Uh, decided one way or the other but we're going to mention it now uh and and what what are your and without naming the name of the player right what is your thought process right now eric as it relates to the portal and what we're seeing with texas going through it both attracting and possibly getting some subtract some traction from a player or two
1: yeah well i mean you see there's just tons of leverage on the player side and you know the world's dumbest agent can fleece these schools and uh even with the best leadership uh in place there's just so much leverage you can't go wrong if you're one of these agents wanting to flex your muscles uh and so you know a lot of kids are going to test that you know and and there's a lot of uh let's be honest there's a lot of tampering going on a lot of people are are back channeling to these guys and telling them what they're worth at, at their school as opposed to what they're worth at texas um or you know insert your school name here uh and until every school gets uh gets affected by this, I don't think we're going to – we might not see much of an uh, uprising against it. But, you know, the big schools can be be hampered just as much as uh, as Pitt is with uh, this Jordan Addison thing, which we still don't even know what's going on there, right? Is he, He's not even officially in the portal yet?
0: We don't believe he's officially in the portal yet, but everybody seems to have him earmarked for USC. Uh, we do know that Caleb Williams has been back-channeling with him for more than a month, apparently, is what we're hearing. So it's not like uh, – and that's – you know, he wasn't doing – Caleb Williams is a player. He's not a member of the coaching staff at USC. He's simply trying to get players to go play pitch and catch with him at at SC. Um, And then uh, ostensibly there's the follow-up once Jordan Addison enters the portal. The problem is, is Jordan Addison isn't officially in the portal, but he's out in LA allegedly right now hanging out. I mean, (laughs) it's, um, and I, I, I don't think Pitt has finished class this semester yet either, by the way. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just kind of odd some of the ways this is, go, this is happening. I'm not uh, here to, to bemoan it. Uh, you know, one of the things I believe is that, uh, you know, uh, we should mention, all, one of the things I believe is that Texas has been a net winner through this process. Uh, by and large, the attrition that they've had, including Marcus Washington, who started much of last year, who announced he's had Or he didn't announce, but he is uh, expected to enter the portal uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, he is expected to leave Texas. He was a starter last year, but let's be clear. I mean, he wasn't necessarily a, a irreplaceable piece of the Texas offense with the addition of guys like Isaiah Nayor in particular, but also Jaleel Billingsley uh, and the uh, uh, emergence of Jatavian Sanders. My my thought on this, Eric, is that while Texas is net winners, you have to you have to not only take care of the ones you want that are coming in, whether that's through recruiting or yeah. through uh, the portal, it's also uh, you know you got to level up the ones that are on your team essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the confluence of the Nil and and the portal all at once uh, is, is is making is changing the game. So they always had to rec- recruit their own players, but much more so now because they can move immediately. Now the deadlines behind them a little bit. Uh, they can, they'll be able to breathe a sigh of relief. But because there is a lag of people go between announcing that they're going to go in the portal and, and the paperwork actually going through, we're still uncertain. More names are still going to pop up in the next couple of days. Like you said, there's that one that we're watching at Texas, and and I think they they'll be able to keep him. It would make logical sense that they would f- uh, surely put their best foot forward. Uh, but we still don't know yet. So it's, it's a giant mess. The NCAA has to make it so that this is the only year that that transpires like this. It's just uh, there's there's just too much chaos.
0: Yeah, too much chaos. But I still say, I mean, even in the midst of that, Texas is still a net winner. Yeah, Man, no, I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm sitting here looking. I mean, look, Kelvant, of the group that transferred over the weekend or, or from last week on, there were six names. Of those six, really only Kelvante Dixon was a guy that I thought was going to play a lot this year. or And he was going to be a, a backup. Barring right. injury, barring serious, a couple of injuries, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one 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 issue that could arise is both he and Marcus Washington could play slot slot receiver. Um, and then you've got Jordan Whittington, who's, you know, has, has had trouble staying healthy. Uh, Brennan Thompson is going to come in and, and he might be second string right off the right out of the gates. Uh, you do worry a little bit about depth at wide receiver, at least I do. Uh, but maybe they, they maybe they'll find a, 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 there's plenty of wide receivers in the portal right now that they could take a look at. It doesn't have to be a world beater, just a guy that will, will make sure that you can, uh, you know, stave off injuries if you, if you have a rash of them.
0: Yeah, and, and, and to, to mention that, I mean, Jerry Hamilton reporting for Inside Texas today uh, that the Longhorns are already looking to possibly replace that slot. Um, and so, I, I mean.
1: Tyreek Milton out of Iowa State.
0: Yeah, with Tyreek Milton out of Iowa State. And so, who I think has right at 100 catches over his four-year career uh, for the Cyclones. He would be a, a, a depth piece for the Longhorns and, and a, a safety blanket of sorts uh, for a loss, say, of Jordan Whittington, who has had uh, problems staying healthy. Um, you know, and he's more experienced than Dixon or De, dejon Harrison. Right. I, I, I think that I'm looking at it. And I feel like everywhere you look right now, Texas also, everywhere you look, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Right. Okay. And... Uh, the Longhorns don't want anybody taken away and they just want to add. And that's not always how it, how it works. Right. Yeah, um, they
1: got dangerously close on Saturday for this being an entirely different conversation.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that you and I both were working. That's the same story on Saturday and it it's, you know, people got to understand that this is, <laughs> this is a, this is legitimate. Um, what I would ask next Eric for you um, is as you look at it and Uh, as you think about it is portal recruiting at some level going to replace high school recruiting is portal recruiting. It's, it's almost like the new junior college recruiting of 25 years ago, but it's even that's different. I mean, I I don't know how to, these guys are ready made to help your program. What, what, I mean, Brennan Thompson, you and I were talking about this. Brennan Thompson's a good player, right? Everybody in the country wanted him. Who is going to matter more to Texas next year, Brennan? Thom- most likely, and that's Brennan Thompson or Isaiah Naor. Right, Nayor, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. and and Naor, you know, a, a blue chip recruit may go for X amount of dollars. Well, what's what is an Isaiah Nayor, Isaiah Naor or uh, any other receiver worth in comparison, or a defensive back, etc.? Yep. And so my question is, you know, how does this? How, how is this ever going to coalesce to where it, it it groups together and makes some sense? Or are we going to see portal recruiting just expand even further?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to, I think I like the dynamic between, you know, the draft being recruiting and the NFL uh, and free agency being the portal. <clears throat> but I, I do agree with you. I think the portal could take on a bigger role even than, than free agency in, in football to the NFL. Uh, we're, you know, there's not a real market for these players yet, so we don't really know what they're win, what, what they're worth. Uh, but they're worth whatever some some booster is going to pay for them. Pay for them, right? And so, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of boosters out there with a lot of money. There's a lot of people with incentives uh, for the, their program to win. Uh, and but there's not, let's say, there's only 20 guys that, that they're worth going after. That raises the price for those guys because there's even less supply. You know.
0: It's, you know, and, and here's the there. other issue is that there has to be a quit. One of the key touchstones of uh, NIL. Name, image, and likeness that we're talking about is there has to be a quid pro quo uh, from the player. So whether it's promoting a certain business or brand or a charity. In the case with horns with heart, we talked about that with Derek Johnson uh, on Friday. Uh, there has to be a quid pro quo from the players, and obviously, I mean, I, I said this, I've said this six months ago. If Sam Ellinger is or Ellinger is is the one. Um, promoting your charity at in Austin, he's probably worth more than the offensive lineman. Right. right. And so I think that we're going to see, our, I, I, I would venture to guess we're going to see a greater disparity uh, between the haves and the have nots on an individual football team. That doesn't mean there's not going to be a baseline where everybody gets paid some, right. uh, but the star player um, may, maybe get a lot and the guy that's blocking for him or the second team guy blocking for him may, may just be making a, you know, workman's wages, so to speak.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought that already exists at Texas. You know, I know Bijan Robinson is making a whole lot more than, you know, Jonathan Brooks, you know? Um, uh, so that's, I, I don't That's another, another added, uh, element that the coaches are going to have to navigate their job gets, gets crazier by the day. I don't know how they do it to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Um, do you feel like and another question I want to ask you? Do you feel like freshmen are like a, freshmen are particularly prone to this? Because if you've proven yourself as a freshman, you've got two more years to go. You've given right. up your one free move, right? right. So if you come in and, and star as a freshman, all of a sudden you've got two years that you're playing on, um, and so the tampering yeah, we, we, that may go on,
1: relationships with the recruiters are still much more fresh too. You know, in some cases they never ended, you know, Um, Texas lost a defensive tackle a couple of years ago to went to uh, an SEC school. And uh, it was no, no surprise that it was the the coach that recruited him to Texas. You know, I mean, that's this, the relationships matter. They always matter, but I think they're going to matter even more going forward.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, we, we talk about this, the loss of Marcus Washington, O'Shawn Mathis going to Nebraska, but I'm looking at, you know, Quinn Ewers, Ryan Watts, Jahlil Billingsley, Isaiah Nayor. Those, th- those are four possible NFL players. Yeah. Texas is not going to lose four NFL players to the, to the portal. Right.
1: Well, they, they just went an NFL draft without anybody being drafted. And here's four guys that have NFL potential uh, that they just picked up in, you know, quote, unquote, free agency.
0: What do you think that the – mentioning the draft, and get curious to get your thought on this, what is the comeback from a Texas coach if a rival recruiter goes at them pretty hard about not having anyone drafted.
1: Yeah, you just have to go, you know, you, you just tell them the, the time old honored, uh, responses, buildings don't develop people, people do. And so, you know, then you just list off your, your individual accomplishments. And And that's something I wrote a year ago for the, for in anticipation of last year's draft being disappointing is, you know, each coach's individual resume is, is quite good. You know, some of them are remarkable, you know, Quitkowski's development of, of edge players is very strong. Bo Davis, you know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian's goes without saying that's what that's the single reason that Arch Manning is, is considering or the single biggest reason that Arch Manning is considering Texas. So, you know, you, you just have to lean on your own individual resume um, and then, then you point to the talent that you have to work with and, and, you, you know, then you confidently state that you're going to get it done with the guys they have on campus. Cause they do have the the pieces in place to, uh, to kind of uh, increase their reputation and, and kind of show how they got to be where they, they were in the first place.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, to, to echo your point there, it, it's almost as if, Um, Tom Herman clearly did not either do a good job of developing players or identifying the right players and or he lost them. I mean, the one guy that did get drafted is Keontae Ingram, who transfers uh, to USC uh, before Steve Sarkeesian even gets a chance to, to have him for a spring practice.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at the, look at the, the wide receivers he inherited uh, that in 2017, you had Colin Johnson, Reggie Hemphill, Matt, uh, little Jordan Humphrey and Devin DuVernay. Now you would say that, that would be uh, even with uh, quarterback issues and no line issues, you would say that that you would get a lot of production out of that group. Uh, they would only get production out of one wide receiver. It seems like, you know, each guy had his turn maps, obviously uh, transferred for some reason. And then, then it was little Jordan Humphrey's turn. And then it was DuVernay's turn. And in between there, Colin Johnson had, you know, flashes. Uh, They they never really got the most out of the parts that they had, I felt.
0: Yeah, and now you look at it and you're, you know, Xavier Worthy in year one, Jordan Whittington was a key piece, clearly. Um, You know, I I look at all this and um, everybody's going to say, "Okay, well, where are we going with NIL? Where are we going with college football as a result of NIL? Do you have an answer? (laughs) I have no clue. Um, Texas is
1: going to the SEC uh, and NIL is the only thing that uh, gives them a chance to, uh, to compete in that league. And so, Texas fans on some lo- level need to embrace it. Uh, at the same time, I don't know what the future of is the, uh, the NCAA. There, there needs to be a, a governing body that has more teeth. Um, you know, if, if rules aren't going to be enforced, are they even rules in the first place? And I think people are getting more, more blatant and, and transparent about the, the methods they're going about recruiting. Uh, and if the NCA is not going to do anything, then it's just going to devolve into chaos. But the NCA has a big fight on its hand already with realignment and, uh, you know, it just doesn't have any power. So some sort of uh, governing body needs to uh, emerge uh, and, and start, a, you know, put the rule, put the rules back in place and, and enforce them.
0: I definitely agree with you that, that there has to be a different, uh, a different governing body or a tighter governing body with, with more um, strict rules. It doesn't necessarily need to apply to, the amount of money, though, uh, but there has to be some rules that everybody can live within. The thing that bothers me uh, is not a player making money. I think that if if I were an eighteen year old kid and my my greatest asset was to play football, I would want to be as compensated as possible for that. Sure. I think yeah. I think a any individual that is it, it has been a great accountant or a great CEO or a great whatever a great writer wants to be compensated for the skill set so i it's not that that i have an issue with it's some of what's going on behind the scenes is not considered tampering because it's two agents talking to one another um but it clearly is tampering it's luring kids into the portal um and um well if you went here to this kind of place in this kind of state, well, we could get we could pay you X or we could pay you Y. Well, you know, with all due respect, in California, there's state tax, there's not one in Texas. So mark off an extra, you know, 15 20% for whatever you make. But I, I, I'm, I guess, what I'm getting at in, in all of this is that I don't have a problem with players making money and doing the best they can. I have a problem if the adults in the room, the seemingly adults in the room, are thereby tampering with a process that is that that would be set forth, and that and I think that may be the the ultimate issue that you and I are talking about. What could be the rules that would actually govern this so that they don't just find a way to get around them again?
1: Yeah, you would have to, uh, you know, you would have to make it to, to where they sit out. You know, they'd have to go back to the old old way of, of doing that. You know, that's the only way I can think of because people aren't going to want to, especially guys that are worth a lot of money, aren't going to want to miss a year. Uh, even if they're getting paid, they just want to get, you know, they they care about getting closer to the NFL. So uh, yeah, I I think you have to to, to change the transfer rules and make it a, put a put more of a governor on it so that they can't just transfer so freely. But um, I don't know, but I agree with you, you know, you can't put a cap on, I would never say put a cap on what anybody can earn. So why would I say it now about an 18 year old kid playing football? Um, So I agree with that.
0: Yeah. Um, Eric uh, coming out of spring, we've heard a lot of positive things about the longhorns. We saw the spring game, Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, they're finishing up finals now. I think in in the uh, scoop this morning, uh, you expect them, and they're working out three times a week. The team is, is that correct?
1: Yeah, they're hitting weights three times a week in an organized fashion. I'm sure other guys are working out, you know, quite a bit more. But yeah, that's that's only uh, that's the only mandatory, so to speak, uh, workouts.
0: Gotcha. And the some of the new recruits, the ones that signed in December and or uh, February, Devon uh, Devon Campbell. Uh, for example, they will show up in Austin. Like, I think the first or second week of June, is that accurate? I thought I heard
1: May 31st, but I'll, I'll get that confirmed. I don't know. I think it, I, I, it always used to be around June 2nd, June 3rd, but this year I, I think I heard May 31st. So we'll get that confirmed, but I'm pretty sure.
0: Some of them are probably going to be graduating from high school until June 5th, at least, you know, and that, yeah. <laughs> and so they are probably going to wait for that, but uh, all those recruits, uh, you know, half of them, about half of them were midterm, about half of them afterwards, um, Uh, You know, I think that it's interesting because we're sitting here watching this transpire, uh, and uh, it's literally college football is reshaping itself uh, as we speak. Uh, The Longhorns uh, are going into the offseason right now trying to finish off this portal recruiting class, so to speak. Uh, We we didn't even mention, I don't think we mentioned Marvin Grant, a safety out of Purdue that Texas is now pursuing as well. Uh, he had 76 tackles yes last year, is that correct?
1: Yeah, he had a breakout year last year, 76 tackles, I think a couple of forced fumbles. Uh, and yeah, he was a former four-star. So he, he went to Purdue uh, you know, with talent, with the traits. You know, He was recognized coming out. I'm not sure what led him to uh, Purdue in that 2019 class, but uh, now he's on the open market and Texas is going to throw its hat in the ring.
0: Yep, um, 6'2", 215, he's a big safety too, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it probably fits the boundary of what they're looking for a little bit more than Anthony Cook, not that Anthony Cook was playing poorly or anything. But, yeah, there's not a lot of depth there, and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of experience, really. So that's that's the, the big issue.
0: Well, if they lose a uh, nickel and have to put Anthony Cook back at nickel, then maybe they need a big safety again, right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you never Without know. Without naming any names, right? So yeah. All right, Eric, I appreciate your time, bud. Um, Let me know if there's anything else going on. That's the very latest on the Longhorns. We'll be keeping you up to date uh, with the, and tracking the transfer portal, Uh, Texas, uh, Inside Texas publisher, Eric Nolene. Thank you very much, bud. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one.